Welcome to the Advanced Relationship Podcast. We are your hosts, Bryce Bauer and Jenny Morrow. We are a married couple devoted to helping you advance your relationships. With over 14 years experience as a marriage and family therapist and relationship coach, and over a decade of experience as a certified life and relationship coach, we are here to help you create the most intimate, loving, and powerful relationships on the planet. Okay, welcome to today's episode. Today I'm here with Bryce. Special guest, Jenny's leading this episode. So Bryce and I, we actually have it set up when we do episodes together. We switch off who's leading and the other one gets to just come and be be a support. So Yeah, so nice. Yeah. Yeah. So welcome to today's episode. Today, um, before we dive into the topic, we're going to go through announcements. Today we're actually going to be addressing a topic that came through on the Facebook group. And so if you're interested to be connecting with these day-to-day conversations, go to Facebook and search Advanced Relationship Podcast Community, and that's a great way to connect with us as we're putting out questions on a day-to-day basis to our listeners and getting information about how you're experiencing your relationship life. Yeah, a lot of really cool people in there. Yeah, it's still pretty new, and it's just growing, so it's been really cool. Um, And then do you want to talk about your men's groups? Yeah, so we're launching another one in a week or two. This will be the third one that's going, and I don't know if I'll do another one for a little while, so if you want to get in, there's two spots, two spots left. Reach, reach out to me on my email, and we'll connect. Great, and that's Bryce at BryceBauer.com. We'll actually put the email in the show notes as well because we are putting this episode out just a little bit early next week because next week... From October 9th to October 11th, we are hosting a live event down in Schofield, Utah. So if you are interested in joining us for a full about two-day workshop starting Friday evening and going until Sunday early afternoon, then come and join us. It's going to be a, a live event workshop mixed in with live coaching connecting with other people so you get the workshop and lodging and if you're interested we still have a couple of spots left for that as well so you can email Bryce or I again I'll put our emails in the show notes so that you can reach out if you have questions about that or want to get in on that yeah and if you're wondering where Schofield Utah is because I didn't know it's about two hours south of Salt Lake City in the mountains oh great yeah the, the place is right on a lake It'll be in the fall, October. The leaves will be changing. It'll be really beautiful. Oh, that sounds exciting. I'm feeling really excited to go down there. It looks like the weather's going to be great. So even though it's last minute, if you're hearing this and you're like, wow, I'd like to be there, feel free to jump on. We'd love to have you join us. Okay, so I think that's it for announcements. Today, I'm going back in time and addressing a Facebook post that I made. I think it was a couple of months ago, but we got a lot of interaction on this Facebook post. So I wanted to go back and address one of the responses that we got. The question that I posed to our Facebook group is, what's the hardest part about relationship for you? And one of our listeners responded, and we're going to address her response today. So the question is, what's the hardest part about relationships for you? This listener posted, demons from prior relationships 
make trust and safety hard to come by. Once someone has the ammo to hurt me, I'm convinced they will, and I start looking for or creating reasons it's not working. Yeah, I feel like this tightness in my body as you read that response. Yeah, a lot of strong language in there. Demons, ammo. Yeah, what's the first thing that comes up for you? Well, we talked about this before, just as we were doing our notes, and I was curious about some of the language that this person's using, like ammo uh, and demons. So ammo, you know, applies to war, and so there's something about how she's framing her relationship life to where it's like, it's a war. Like, you have ammo, I have ammo, we could use it against each other. So, I mean, I think about, you know, obviously there, there are ways that, we can hurt each other in relationship and that's definitely going to happen. It's just, it's part of the struggle of relationship, but also holding true to the other side, which is that it can be free and it can feel good and it can be peaceful. Yeah. I liked that when Bryce brought that up, I was like, that's a really good point. Just the framing of the question itself, really connecting with war and hell when she used demons. So yeah, it's just interesting to notice that that's maybe been the perspective or experience that this listener is coming from. Yeah, because I'm thinking ammo is probably vulnerable information that this person has shared with someone else and that's that becomes ammo. But that's also what needs to happen to create safety and security in the relationship is, is you have to start to learn how to get vulnerable with each other, let each other in to your psyche and your life and your ways of thinking and ways of being, which I can see how that would leave you up to feeling more vulnerable too. But I could see just that mindset could be a block in itself to getting closer to people. Mm-hmm. And I could see why, you know, maybe having difficult relationships in the past could build up a wall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially if you've had trauma from growing up, if there was abuse where you were a small person and you didn't have the ability to set certain boundaries, things like that, it could really feel like relationships are this hellish war-like experience. And so, you know, there's no need to, there's no judgment here on how this woman is framing her response, but it's just something to look at because once you become an adult, it's no matter what kind of a background I grew up in, have I learned the skills of a healthy relationship? And probably if I didn't learn them at home, have I been able to learn them through coaching and mentoring and support in other ways? Because some people didn't have a place to see that modeled growing up. Yeah. And it's also really normal. I'm just thinking about, yeah, it is tough to share vulnerable things with people. And yeah, people can hurt you and maybe they have in the past. So it makes sense that you have a wall up. I think we all are working with our walls here and and the different ways that that it shows up. Like, why are we not just these open books that are just free to share information to everyone in our lives? It's because, yeah, we don't want to get hurt. Yeah, Yeah, I love that. It's survival. It's a way that we protect ourselves. Yeah, it's interesting when I began exploring my own attachment style and just ways I would respond when things started getting vulnerable. I thought, why am I so afraid of vulnerability? So many ways I had this great childhood. I had a a safe, loving home. I had good friends and, you know, a loving community. And yet there's just very subtle cues that pop up, even in good, healthy homes, that certain parts of us aren't okay or acceptable. And it's not even always conscious. We're just passing along what's happened in generations before. Yeah. And I would say in working with people and working with my own stuff, like the big question, if we drill down to the core fear, it's if someone really gets to know me and really knows what's going on behind the scenes for me, will they still want to love me? Will they still want to be with me? So you're always going to be working with that on some level. 
Yeah, I like that. And that that may never go fully away. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm curious. I wanted to ask you a question, Bryce, as we go through this response. So she talks about this idea of demons. And sometimes that's how we'll talk about our unresolved stuff. Could be like demons or skeletons in the closet, past hurts. So how do you find yourself dealing with clients when they have what they'd call like demons or skeletons in the closet? Well, I'm probably more thinking about how I'm working with it for myself right now. Mm -hmm. Just even going back and we're doing the adoption process and I got into quite a bit of trouble in my younger years. So we're going back and having to look at police reports from things that happened with me, you know, quite a while ago, but it's coming up with the background screening and And I really have to breathe into this, you know, and really feel it, like feel the shame and try to draw in some compassion for myself for some of the things that I've done, these demons that are surfacing, you know, they're a big part of my life. So I think also framing it is really important. Like even though there are things that I've done that I regret, I also need to start to frame this as these are things that I had to go through and I needed to learn from. And ultimately they're events that shape my life for the better in some way. Hmm when we're talking about demons or skeletons in the closet, it's usually has something to do with an area where we feel ashamed or where we feel unable to connect deeply with people. And I remember years ago when I left the religion I had grown up in, I I woke up in the middle of the night one night and I had this really cold feeling. And I remember like seeing what looked like a shadow in my room. And at the time, I had just gone to a workshop about nightmares and how to work with nightmares. And so I started using some of the skills I had learned in that process. And I thought, what was I just dreaming about? I realized that in the dream, I was believing something that felt like a block to me. It felt like a painful part of leaving religion to me. And in that moment, as I noticed that belief or that story come up, I remember thinking to myself, oh, Jenny, that's just not true. Even though you've left religion, it doesn't mean you have to be spiritually disconnected from the people you love. And right in that moment, I just noticed the shadow that I was perceiving in the middle of the night just disappeared. Whatever was going on in my subconscious, it was like it showed up as this shadow or this demon. And yet it was this opportunity to see like, okay, what's more true? What's more true about who I am and the connection that I can have with people? So I liked how you talked about this idea of shame. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a guide, you know, it's a guide. Like it's, it's good that we have this ability to feel shame and embarrassment and like guide us back to how we really want to be in the world. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, if you're listening to this podcast today, you might have demons from past relationships and what is really helping guide you towards learning more about yourself and growing in relationship and learning how to create secure attachment with someone else. It's probably the experience of not having that. It's the experience of pain. Mm-hmm. And if you need to hire someone, if you need to hire a coach or a therapist to support you with that in the beginning, there's just nothing wrong with that. That was how I began my process of bringing out what I would have called my demons or my skeletons was by having a professional who I could actually talk to about things I hadn't dared to talk about with other people. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the safety piece. So this respondent, she talked about how demons from prior relationships for her makes trust and safety hard to come by. So I was kind of curious to talk a little bit about what trust and safety means to us. 
and when we're working with clients. So I'm kind of curious, Bryce, when you hear the idea of trust and safety in a relationship, what does that mean to you? I think of trust and safety as, as a feeling that I get, you know, and it's it comes in and out, but it's this experience of being able to speak my truth, to be myself. It's usually when I'm feeling really grounded, really alive, is when I'm feeling trust and safety. So yeah, I mean, I think I understand what it means intellectually, but I think with someone like you in a relationship, Jen, or, or a friend or family member that I'm close with, it's just this feeling of feeling relaxed in my body. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not having to think as much about what I'm doing because I'm not putting on a mask. I'm not having to come up with a certain way to be. I'm just, it's showing up. My personality is showing up naturally. Mm, I love that. And how is it for us when you or I are just kind of showing up in our natural state and it happens to trigger one of us? Well, if I really am feeling safe and secure, then I can usually hang with whatever experience you're having, even Mm -hmm. if it's triggering. I think I feel pretty relaxed about it and I can stay in my creative mind and be curious about what's happening for you there and, and be present with you. So... Um, I think that's one of the big litmus tests of how safe and secure I'm feeling is being in the presence of someone who maybe is feeling triggered. Can I hang with them? But Mm -hmm. if I have a charge arise in me, that's usually because there's some sense of safety that's being threatened there for me as well, Mm -hmm. which is really common. I mean, more often than not, if there's something really big going on for you, there's going to be a big impact over here on me. Mm -hmm. But there's a whole spectrum of safety and security that I may feel and that's going to be tested mm-hmm. the minute that we come into connection and something's up. Yeah, I just love that because I notice in my relationship with you, Bryce, we've done so much work and there are times where we're going along and it's feeling so safe, so good, so comfortable, and all of a sudden one of us gets triggered. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden it's like it can feel like all of a sudden the safety is just out the window and like what in the hell just happened? And so it's an interesting process to navigate this integration between feeling the sense of trust and safety with someone and knowing that there are moments where all of a sudden that experience can slip away. And I think that's where trust and safety is both a feeling and then it's also like an action. So do we have the skills to do the things that are trustworthy and safe, even when that sense of trust and safety slips away? Right. Yeah. And I'm thinking of just how we relate to that discomfort and that disconnection is more important than what we're actually doing about it in the moment. Like, am I am I zoomed out viewing this as this major problem or you're the problem or this is the worst thing ever? I hate this. Or am I zooming out and saying like, hey, we're, you know, we're going through something right now. It is okay. I do have hope that we can figure it out. I can feel the love for myself, feel compassion for myself. Did I say yourself? I can't remember. Okay. Well, (laughs) I got lost in my words. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think the main point there is like, I I think part of uh, creating security is just how we relate to that disconnection. It's possible to really get blown out just by the idea that disconnection is this really terrible thing Mm -hmm. um, versus relaxing into it just like a workout or something. Can you relax into the workout, to the struggle, and know that, like, hey, if we put in work here, we can get through this, and there is light at the end of the tunnel. Oh, I love that. I just feel like that seems so true, Bryce. 
Okay, so um, let's look at then at this next part where she talks about once someone has the ammo to hurt me, I'm convinced they will. And I start looking for and creating reasons why it's not working. So it makes sense to me that if you're believing that someone knowing about you and being vulnerable and having some level of dependency on another person, you know, it makes sense that if you're believing and seeing that as ammo and that they can use that to harm you, it makes sense to me that you would want to find reasons it's not working. That's why I'm wondering if there's a way to reframe this one as well. Well, and even before the the reframe, I'm, you know, we're picking this question apart. And if I were to talk to this person directly, it's really cool that you're on to yourself here. Like you're seeing your block clearly, that you view things this way and that you're looking for reasons for it to not work out. And that is the first step. You got to get real with the reality of how you're believing, what you're thinking, and how you're showing up. I love that as you say it. And all of a sudden, I felt a lot of compassion. There's a reason you've framed it this way. It doesn't have to stay that way, but there's a reason you framed it that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and to be able to, I mean, my challenge to this person would be to to tell your current partner or future partners this, hey, I have this thing that I do where I look at what I share to you as ammo, and sometimes I'm looking for reasons for it not to work out because I don't want to be hurt. Mm-hmm. Instead of like trying to change your ideas about it, because I mean, you might change them over time. It's also getting really honest about what's happening behind the scenes for you with another partner that will help create that safety, bringing language to your experience. And even that creates more safety and security. It allows someone to know you more. And I like that. I'm picturing with you and I where sometimes we'll actually speak something like that to each other. Yeah, for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. And it can feel hard to take in because none of us want our partners to see us as the enemy. But being able to acknowledge that, you know, wow, right now I'm viewing you as the enemy or I have this fear of you coming at me and hurting me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just staying with it because if I'm having this conversation with you, Jen, it's like, oh, now you're viewing me as the enemy. I feel what? Yeah, I feel ashamed. I feel um, like I'm not a good partner. I'm unsafe. Mm, yeah. As I hear you say that, I, I start to feel sad mm-hmm. or I start to feel like I want to fix what I just said. Mm-hmm. And and you see how this can go and then whatever happens for Jenny next. Yeah. And then I suddenly want, maybe want to reach out to you and hold you or give you a hug. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So we kind of get caught. You can see how we can kind of get caught in the stories of what is and we don't stay with it. Mm-hmm. But if you can really stay with it and both people can learn how to stay with their experience, bring it into the moment, get vulnerable. You can actually use something really challenging or possibly triggering to come into deeper connection. Mm -hmm. As you were saying that, I was just thinking about this book I'm reading right now. It's called The Goddesses and Every Woman. And she outlines how women are like seven of the Olympian goddesses. And the first three are very independent goddesses. And they don't really need anyone else. And is someone, are you like, do you relate with one goddess? Or is this like all the parts of you as a woman? So it's that... kind of like a personality assessment where okay. there's usually one that you'll relate with the most. Okay. Even though all of them are like potentials within us. Okay. And it's helpful to balance by integrating the different possibilities. Okay, go on. I want to hear which one you relate with. Yeah, so actually the one I related with the most was one of the independent goddesses. Yes. Named Artemis. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I didn't need to hear the rest of them. I knew that you were going to be one of those three. Oh, you did? Yeah. That is so funny. No, I want to hear about uh, your whole experience of them. But uh, mm-hmm. no, yeah, independent for sure. Mm-hmm. So in this book, the woman who's an author, she's been a union analyst since the 70s. She's like in her 80s now, I think. And she talks about how the vulnerable goddesses, the three vulnerable goddesses, were all hurt. And the idea is that when we engage in relationship, intimate relationship with other people, there will be experiences that feel painful to us. It's almost like it's part of the process of developing intimacy. And so I've noticed that for me and for a lot of people we help, this is a growth edge. Learning how to be with vulnerability and navigate what can feel hurtful is a really important part of developing intimate relationship. And it ultimately doesn't necessarily have to mean that you always trust another person. You know, part of it is being able to trust yourself so that I can trust that if Bryce is showing up in a way that feels hurtful to me, or if I'm feeling less safe, can I trust myself to speak up and talk about that? Mm-hmm. That's really one of the huge benefits of being able to not only be independent and trust ourselves in the world, but also being able to be vulnerable and trust other people in the world. And it really does come back to, can I keep showing up in an advanced relationship way where there is this ability to continue to grow our sense of intimacy and vulnerability to each other. And if at some point it's really not safe for me, can I step away if I need to? Can I take a break if I need to? It can feel complex and there are tools and skills and mindsets that can really help you integrate these different parts of yourself. So what I would say when I read this response, this was the thing that stood out to me the most was this phrase, when some once someone has the ammo to hurt me and I When I read that, I just thought, well, yes, coming into intimate relationship will mean that someone will have, quote, ammo to hurt you. And the idea is, can you learn how to be with that and set the boundaries that make that okay? That Bryce could treat me tomorrow in a way that would hurt me. And if I am letting myself be close to him and be dependent on him in certain ways, at some point, we will likely feel pain in our relationship. So I'm curious for you, Bryce, what do you see as the benefit of the vulnerability? Because the vulnerability does put us in a position where we can feel pain. What do you see as the benefit for yourself and for your clients? Well, I see it as like I have a couple choices here. And one is to keep my walls up, keep myself protected, live on an island. And I can really, I have the choice to live out my whole life that way. And I I have done that. You know, when I was traveling around the world, I was jumping from little community in a hostel to little friend group here and there, not really letting anyone in for, you know, a year and a half I did that. And although I was living a life that looked really awesome, traveling around the world, you know, riding elephants, riding mopeds through Southeast Asia, hiking and all this, I just felt this deep sense of loneliness and just a giant hole kind of in my heart. So coming into connection now and learning how to do intimate relationships, although I sometimes feel more stress 
and there's more opportunities to be triggered than maybe when I was just traveling the world by myself. I feel like that hole is being filled and I'm learning to show up more as myself. And that feels really good ultimately. Like those moments of just really being in flow with you or sometimes with my friends feels deeper and more meaningful than maybe some of the fun that I had on my own. Mm. So again, it's like this feeling of feeling more full. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it's deeper. Yeah. I love that as you say that more full. I'm just, I'm thinking about like creating the whole where it's not just about independence and it's not just about relationship with other people. It's about being able to have both. Mm -hmm. So it's really about that integration. And if you're only leaning on one side, if you're only leaning on the independence or you're only leaning on vulnerability with another, it can be really hard to build a deeper sense of trust. So that'd be the one thing I would say to this responder is to trust that you can turn this idea of relationship being about war and hell to relationship can be a part of your life that adds fulfillment and it can be integrated with the other parts of your life that bring in how you support yourself and how you stay connected to your own values and how you show up for yourself in ways that feel meaningful and true. Yeah. And I'm also thinking about just the idea of trust and safety, maybe a fantasy here for some of us where we think we need it 100% with someone or 100% in our life or 100% if I'm going to if I'm going to go out and take a risk here, I need a 100% security that things are going to work out and just life does not work that way. There's inherent dangers and it's unknown and we are living in this this space where like, yeah, it is scary sometimes. So can you also lean into your desire for connection or security or safety even when it's not there and trust that this is part of the process towards safety is moving in and leaning in yeah thanks bryce that feels really good so sending lots of love to everyone out there i hope that something in this episode struck you whatever felt most meaningful you know think about how can i integrate that more into my own life And before we close out, I'm imagining you listening, maybe you're standing in the kitchen, you're out for a run, you're in the car, whatever. Just say this to yourself and you can yell it if you have the space to do so. I'm a fucking relationship warrior. Just say it. Say it to yourself. Feel into it because you are. This is is big. If you're the type of person that's listening to a podcast like this and maybe you listen to lots of others on self-development, like this is tough work. Not everyone is doing this. Mm -hmm. So... You deserve an acknowledgement. And remember to, to leave us a, a like or a, a review. We love to know how you're doing out yeah, there. Yeah, it helps us spread the message to more people. So if you found this useful, please leave us a review so we know what you're, what you're liking. Cool. Thanks, everyone. All right. Bye.